This is Brandon Clay. Thanks for tuning in to the BCS Report, touching on Ari McDonald, the Kansas Jayhawks, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Joe McEwen and Northwestern. As always, the podcast fueled by BrandonClayScouting.com, the industry leader in evaluations. Ari McDonald has been absolutely fantastic to start the year for Arizona. Adia Barnes and the Wildcats sitting pretty at 4-0. Big 25-point win on the road, no less, over Texas on Sunday. It's hard to beat another Power 5 program by 25 points. It's even harder to do it and have your star drop 44 that's exactly what happened there for Arizona. McDonald was on my Naismith Trophy watch list 50 going into the year, and for good reason. She's averaging 25.3 already, shooting just under 60% from the field, and really one of the more dynamic guards in the country at this point in the season. Still a long way to go, but she's really in mid-season form in the first two weeks of the year. That's big. When you talk about what Barnes and, and her staff have done there in Tucson, getting the NIT championship last year, the building block to take it to the next level, and that's exactly what they look like they're going to do as of this moment. Uh, in the front court, Kate Reese, solid showing with 17-7. and seven. So a lot to like about what Barnes and her staff have done. They've got depth. They've got talent. They obviously can score the basketball, and they can score it against some of the best teams in the country. Huge win for Arizona. Kansas. Brandon Snyder and his staff have been working, 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 diligently turning over rocks, you know, really trying to get the program where they wanted it. They're off to a fast start, much like Arizona. No end in sight. 4-0 already for the Jayhawks. They've got six players averaging at least 9.5 points per game or more. It's a lot of points. And then you're talking about 60-plus right off the bat with your top six They'll have three more matchups before they face Florida to start December, in which they'll be favored. So if all plays out well and Vegas odds are there for the Jayhawks, they could be 7-0 going into that crossover matchup there with Florida, which for them will be a measuring stick, a lot like what we just mentioned with the Arizona Wildcats in Texas, where you get a team that you feel like is similarly matched and you want to find a way to be able to get it done. Snyder's group has done a great job. I remember watching, you know, Highland Juco product, you know, Marianne D. Cavallaro when she was there at Juco a couple of years ago, actually was there with Demetria Buchanan, uh, recruiting coordinator for the Jayhawks. And we really liked what she brought to the table, was able to shoot it, could stretch it. You could tell she could score the basketball. She's off to a running start, averaging 13 points, 6.8 boards a game so far, leading the team in scoring. Like I said, one of six, 9.5, five of whom are in double figures. Things going well out there in Lawrence, Kansas. Keep an eye on them. If they can go 7-0 and before they get to Florida, now you start to be able to look ahead to the postseason, which is exactly what Snyder and his staff have been digging for. Back down south, Alabama came off a tough opening loss to, to Hampton, uh, who's known for beating Power 5 teams at home to start the season. Tough way to go 0-1, but in very Christy Curry fashion, the Crimson Tide come right back and beat two NCAA tournament caliber teams of their own from last year in Clemson and Mercer. Uh, backcourt tandem of Sierra Johnson and Jordan Lewis led the way. Johnson was on fire in the game against Clemson, finishing with 21, uh, averaging 12.7 
six boards, three steals, while Lewis getting it done, 7.7 points, more than five rebounds and four assists per contest. And maybe the most scary thing with Lewis is that she's not shooting the ball nearly as well as she's capable of right now. And Alabama still finding ways to get quality wins. Actually, I had a chance to spend some time with Lewis over Labor Day weekend. And she was really excited about the season, had some nicks and some knacks. You know, the past couple of years and was excited to really get back and be at full strength and at full health. And obviously the depth of this team is a, a positive and it's what Christy Curry and our staff, uh, Kelly Curry, and they've done a great job of really retooling and revamping the roster since they arrived in Tuscaloosa. And this year's team, I think, is a testament to that where the initial loss doesn't spin into two or three more. They're able to stop the bleeding right away get back to what they do, grab a couple quality wins, including one over Clemson that was a cross-power five matchup. Great win on road, Alabama. Staying in the SEC, let's take a look at Vanderbilt. Much was made of their struggles during the 2018-19 season. I thought they played the nation's toughest schedule, and I didn't think it was close. Um, the out-of-conference schedule. I remember seeing and hearing it for the first time, and I talked to their staff, and we all just kind of chuckled about it, and it was just one of those like, whoo, this, this could be tough, and, and it was. Definitely was a growing pains type of season. Now you're seeing Stephanie White's group appear to have the depth to be able to take on a schedule like that. 3-1 already. Lone blemish coming at the hands of UConn by 13. 64-51 there in Nashville on the West End. The doors are well positioned with their schedule, unlike last year. Um, good schedule, but not as daunting. There were multiple top 25 teams on the road last year for Vandy. They don't have that big of a challenge this year. You could look at double-digit wins before they start SEC play on January 2nd with Auburn. Really comes down for them to Maria Fazola and Brene Alexander. If those two continue to play at a high level the way they after the first four games, now you're talking about something. 30.8 points and 11 rebounds per contest so far between the two of them. They're going to need them to play at that level night in and night out in order for them to keep winning, especially once they get to the backside of the season into SEC play. But they have the depth and the talent to do it. Stay tuned. Head back up north. Joe McEwen and the Northwest Wildcats, right where they're supposed to be. Northwestern, I think, is one of... The teams that could be a real surprise there in the Big Ten this year. Talk about Lindsey Pulliam, junior guard, can flat out score it. She could score it when she played with Team Takeover years ago. I was at some of our events and is scoring it now. No different. Averaging 23 a game, 46% from beyond the arc, 46.7 to be exact. But honestly, the most impressive thing is that they held Duke. To 42 points. I know Duke has struggled a little bit to find their rhythm offensively, but anytime you could take a Power 5 team in a cross matchup like we've been talking about throughout this segment and keep them to 42 points, that's 10 points a quarter. You can't beat that. And I talked about in the article, you know, Joe being a Philly native, and he always talks to me about the palestra and, you know, the five and all these different great stories about basketball there in Philly and just how tough of a community it is in terms of how they like their hoops and like to consume their basketball. And this Wildcat blue-collar grit defensively is exactly what people would be looking for. Reminds me of, you know, John Chaney at Temple. Um, you know, you start to talk about Philly and the pride of being good defensively and your offense comes as a result of that. And that's exactly what's happening right now in Evanston. Looking forward to following all five of these stories. As always, thank you for tuning in to the report. We'll be back next week.
for week three takeaways. This is Brandon Clay. Any gym is home.